Pushkin. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you, who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase and a member FDIC 2024 J.P. Morgan Chase and Co. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, I'm Phil Donahue. And I'm Marlo Thomas. And we're going on a series of double dates to find out... What makes a marriage last? It's hard to think of a couple who we've taken to our hearts more than actors Michael J. Fox and Tracy Pollan. They learned early on what most of us take a lot longer to realize, that marriage is a day-to-day journey of love and grit. They lived just walking distance from us, so it was really disappointing that I still had the flu on the date we were scheduled to visit them. Marlo had to go it solo. And they really miss seeing you. It's funny what a small world this is. It turns out that many years ago, Michael and Tracy had rented the very same apartment that we had once rented. And now here we are, all living on the same street. You know, on a good day, you could probably hit a golf ball onto their balcony. Well, actually, that would take an iron, but... Beyond our neighborhood, we share a lot in common. I started by asking them about their dating before they met. I know you dated a lot of interesting people, and you dated a lot. I was reading about you. You had a lot of handsome, beautiful people in your lives, but you you clicked. And so how did you know this was the right person? Well, it's interesting you say that. You, you know, when you're younger, you go out with a lot of people, but you kind of know instantly this isn't the right person. Uh-huh. And so, so you're thinking, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, this is fun, how do I get out of it? Right. And, 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 and then you meet someone and you go, this is, this is fun, I don't want to ever get out of this. And then there's a leap of faith at that yeah. point. Also because you're so young. When I first met her, she was, she was a theater actress from New York, and I was just like, like Prince of Hollywood idiot. <laughs> you were not. Clown. And, and, um, and, and there's just such a dignity about her in it. In it. A consideration of what was when I, I didn't consider anything. I mean, I just kind of jumped into situations and and, and took over. And um, and I just thought, wow, this poise. And that's what she has, is poise. 
when you walked down the aisle, you were pretty sure that this was the right one. Was there anything, one little thing that you weren't quite sure about that you had to like figure out? Right. I do know that I was, you know, I had been in so many Broadway shows and done so many things like that. And I'd never had as much stage fright as I had right before I walked down the aisle. I thought I was going to pass out. I was so, so nervous. And I just realized all of a sudden, oh, this is a really big deal. <laughs> you know, like, am I ready for this? I just think that general feeling of like, what have I gotten myself into? And then I started to walk and it all fell away. And, I, and how old were you then? Um, 27. And you feel so old at the time when you're yeah. 20, you know, when you're in your 20s. But now I look back at my kids and I go, oh, we were babies. <laughs> yeah, we were just little funny. toddlers. <laughs> Your uh, image is, is somewhat like mine, which is, you know, you're on top of it and you're fun and you go, you go out with Michael or Marlo, you're going to have a good time. They're just all, you know, at, at some point you had to show this woman that you were taking into your life that you weren't that way all the time, you know, yeah. that you had to like let it out and say, this is also who I am. Um, and that has nothing to do with your health. It has to do with you as a personality. So yeah, well, I, 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 the thing with the health is, is that the, the, four things happen in a really short amount of time. Uh, I got married, our son was born, our fa- my father passed away, and, and they had diagnosed. And then, and then they, and they quit drinking, so it's like five things. It's like these major, like these huge, massive changes. And became a, became a different person, and it was a person I had to become just to, to to survive and be successful going on in life. And 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 it's great. It was great that I made those changes. I needed to own my diagnosis, own what that meant for my, for my family, and, and and be prepared to to do what I needed to do to make that okay. And um, and Tracy met me and and and, and helped me along the way and got me through over those hurdles and. Um, so it was. It was a big. Te- I mean, it was a big test early on in our marriage. You bet. What adjustment did you make to, to uh, have another person in your life? Well, one thing that we did that I, I don't. That we wouldn't do anything different in our lives. I mean, I can't speak for you, but I, would, I, would, I wouldn't do anything different in our lives. Otherwise, it turned out fantastically. But we had. A, we had our son was born really early in our marriage, so we we had a quick adjustment to. We got married, and then we were parents. So, so that, that, that accommodation, I mean, extended to this, this other person all of a sudden. And our, and so we were, we, were, we were never really traditional newlyweds. We were parents within the first year of our marriage. Right. So it was, so it was, it was a different kind of a, adjustment. It's a different kind of... Um, you didn't have a girlfriend anymore. Now you had no. a co-parent. Also, when we first got married... Um, Michael's life was like very large. And so I had to sort of find my place where there was so much space being taken up by, not by him personally, because he's not like that personally, but he just had a lot going on. There were, there was job after job after job. And we used to walk down the street and I would call him Mr. Mayor because everybody would say hello and hey Mike, hey Mike, hey Mike. He just had this kind of persona that everybody wanted to talk to him or be with him. And so for me, it was sort of trying to figure out how to accommodate room for that big life, but also maintain my own 
independence and 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 what I did and um, and so that was sort of an adjustment I would say you're really great me. because because at the same time as you were finding that space in in my life um, you found a new space for me like I didn't realize how how overwhelmed how much input there was and how much sensory overload I was dealing with until Tracy said to me and it was one of the things that that, that sealed the deal for me in terms of her being the person that I wanted to be with forever. Yeah. Was she, she just said, in so many words, you, you, this is going to kill you. <laughs> this is going to kill you. You don't have any room for yourself in your life. You don't have any room for relationships that are real, that are based on something other than business. And, and I was just like, wow, that's right. And I started, all of a sudden started to crave privacy and crave moments to be alone and crave places to go where no one would be there to greet us or give a special attention or... Oh, sometimes actually that's a funny thing when you're talking about that. Michael had so many people working for him and, you know, and yes men and agents and assistants. And, and so we would argue and he would say, nobody else in my life says that to me. And I'm like, yeah, because you pay all of that. <laughs> so of course they're not going to say that. They're going to get fired. I'm the only person that, that, is great. <laughs> that isn't worried about being fired. So... That was, yeah. right? Yeah, that is absolutely true. <laughs> That's right. And um, what do you think that you get from each other that you can't get from anybody else? Like with me, with Phil, when I'm blue, and I'm a pretty optimistic person, but when I'm blue, he's the only person that can do a reality check with me that I believe. You know what I mean? Right. He, he pulls me up staunch, from yeah, right. fan. He's yeah. my cheerleader. Tracy does that for me too, because uh-huh. I get because I have the same thing. I have this. I'm supposed to be Mr. Sunshine, Mr. Optimism, and times when I get really, you know, some stuff is just hard to deal with, whether it's health issues or other things. And um, and Tracy's always got the thing to say that that it makes me look at it in another way, and and, and I can and then I can take things and make them right size. That's a great thing to say. And what about you? I can get very involved in the personal relationships, you know, between friends or, or family members, or and, and I can really sort of get a little too um, affected by, by that, by arguments that I've had with someone or someone said something to me. And the only person I ever want to talk to when I'm in a state like that or, or upset about something is Michael because he has so much perspective. The funniest thing to say I've said to Tracy before is when you say, if they only knew, like you're having a conflict with somebody and you'd say, if they only knew what, and I'd say, if they only knew, they still wouldn't give a shit. <laughs> well, that's true. Sometimes I'll get so kind of wrapped up in that, that thinking and I'll just say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call that person and I'm going to say this, this, and that. And Michael always says, to what end? <laughs> what do you want to gain from that? She's much better there than I am. I mean, I say to what end? Because I, I, I don't know how to have those conversations. Well, I, but you really should have done that, and I should have done that. It's just like, let's just start over. <laughs> well, so how do you resolve problems then? There's always a, a period of time. I have a tendency to want to come back in and make it all okay. I've, I've grown more likely to, we have a disagreement about something, to give it some air. So when you say give it some air, you mean don't get into a confrontation about it? Just don't do what I want to do, which is keep coming in the room every five seconds and saying, are we okay now? And I also find, I see a lot of times, the people that I know that, that have these just constant, like, 
I think that we used to do it more kind of at the beginning of our relationship, but this idea that you have to hash through and discuss every single thing is is really to 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 no great benefit because sometimes you just have to assume, you know what, he said something schmucky, made me feel bad, but he's a good person. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that he didn't realize what he said hurt my feelings. Or, and I think he does the same with me. So this whole thing like that, that I see my friends sometimes having to do is let's sit down and talk this through. Let's, And then it's like they're up till three in the morning because they can't go to sleep until they figured it out. And we're just kind of looking at each other and we go, that's fine. <laughs> Let's move on. I know you didn't mean it. You know I didn't mean it. Let's move on. So how long did it take you to get to that? Because it's taken us about 20 years of our 40-year marriage to be able to say. So you're so halfway through yeah. you got to it. So um, what about you guys? Did you Was that a skill you had right away? or that something No, you... definitely not a skill we had right away. But I think we actually learned it a lot from seeing other relationships yeah. kind of fall by the wayside. And I would just see that it just wasn't a healthy way of dealing with it, like celebrate the positive. You don't have to dwell on all of the the negative things that you yeah. know when, but. Kids just play such a huge role. We have, we have such, I mean, we have terrific kids. They're so non-judgmental and non-demanding and they just, they just, they're just enjoying life. And, and, and we kind of look at them and say, what a great life we have. I mean, what can be wrong with this? Uh-huh. It's beautiful what we've done. So it sounds to me like gratitude is something you hey, Gratitude's huge. Gratitude is a great space for me to be in because, because I, 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 I deal with this health thing and, and, um, and what, what keeps me balanced is gratitude. It's like being in a place of acceptance. Uh-huh. It's just like if you accept something, it doesn't mean you, you're resigned to it. It just means you accept it and, and you look at it and you're honest about it. And, and I think acceptance is so much uh, a part of my life, and, and, and it's a part of marriage. And you had a lot of accepting to do when Michael got sick, right? I mean, I, that was very, very early in our marriage. And, um, yeah, I didn't. we didn't even think it was going to be... I didn't go to the doctor because we didn't think it was mm-hmm. going to be anything big. And the thing that was odd about that diagnosis was that when you get that diagnosis at such a young age, and he was like, had very, very few symptoms. So you kind of have this big piece of news and then nothing really has changed at that moment in the day to day. You're sort of being told now everything's going to be the same, but come 10 years, it's going to be. So it's, it's a funny thing to, um, to grapple with, especially as a young person and as a young married couple um, because how old were you 29 29 and um yeah so and we had you know we just had a very young child and um so it was definitely something to process and something to to deal with but at the same time once we kind of dealt with you know that big kind of realization our life stayed the same. It wasn't like all of a sudden he was, you know, not able to walk or all of a sudden he wasn't able to participate in the same way that he'd been participating. So it was more kind of an idea in the head than it was an actual reality. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I remember the moment that I told you that I was, because uh, I went to, I had a goofy injury, like I said, really had a muscle pull or something. And I just didn't think about it. I had it for a year and I didn't think about it that much. 
Uh, and and I, so I went to this neurologist and uh, just, to, just to check it out because I'd been going to a physical therapist, a sports therapist guy. And so that's why Tracy didn't go to the doctors with me because I just went to, there was like this thing, it was a small issue as far as I was concerned. And then, um, and then he gave me this diagnosis. So I, I came home and I told her and, 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 and we just held each other and just, just kind of like, and, and, but like Tracy said, it was a strange thing because it was like, a bus is coming and it's going to hit you one day. We don't know when. Right. But it's going to come, it's going to hit you. And, and I was like, what do I do? Do I go to bed? I mean, do I, do I, do I like, do I, do I take an aspirin? I mean, there's, there's nothing. There's yeah, nothing there's nothing that changes. So but just, you feel you brought a weight into the marriage. Like, like my point of view was I, I brought this, this thing in, like, like not, not, not that I did it intentionally or whatever, but, but, but I feel responsibility for it. I feel like it's my elephant that I brought to the party and it was invited. And, and so how are we going to accommodate it? We'll have more after a quick break. Hello, hello, Malcolm Gladwell here from Revisionist History. If you've watched a professional tennis match recently, you'll know that fans had this amazing new tool at their disposal. It was created by the consulting company Infosys and the Association of Tennis Professionals. It's an immersive 3D viewing experience for tennis fans, which allows them to watch matches from new angles, get real-time statistics, and better understand the inner workings of the game and its athletes. Basically, a completely new, data-driven way to appreciate a tennis match. It's been a huge hit, and I'm proud to say that the Infosys Tennis Platform earned first place in the customer experience category at the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business, an event held at Mobile World Congress in Las Vegas that celebrates customers who've boldly innovated for the sake of meaningful change. And I think it's important to point out that innovation like this doesn't just require a great idea and exploit some great underlying technology. It takes courage. Because tennis is a game with a long history and some pretty powerful traditions. I mean, you can only wear white at Wimbledon. Still, it's the 21st century. And here was an idea that said we can dramatically change the way a fan watches a match. We can feed them data. We can allow them to see things they could never see before with the naked eye. Or even conventional camera angles. If you want to turn a world upside down, you have to have a pretty strong backbone. That's a lot of what the T-Mobile for Business Unconventional Awards are all about. Finding people and companies who show that kind of boldness. I encourage you to enter. It's a fantastic event and a great way to be recognized for your brave, outside-the-box thinking in front of the industry's most influential leaders. And an even better way to say, I told you so. You can enter by July 31st at T-Mobile.com slash unconventional awards. That's tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. Small business owners, this one's for you. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Join hosts Ben Walter, CEO of Chase for Business, and Tanya Nebo, a lawyer and business consultant, on these storytelling journeys of trials, tribulations, and triumphs that hinged on a single event, a split-second decision, or even a stroke of luck. 
whether the story is about a warehouse going up in flames or a former partner stealing a whole roster of clients, each episode will showcase the grit, determination, and resourcefulness a small business owner needed to turn a pivotal situation into a springboard for success. Listen to The Unshakables now and learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase. Make more of what's yours. Chase Mobile App is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. JP Morgan Chase Bank NA member FDIC. Copyright 2024, JP Morgan Chase and Company. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a BB with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. We're back to Marlowe's conversation with Michael J. Fox and Tracy Pollan. When we left off, Michael had just told Tracy about his life-changing diagnosis of Parkinson's. Did you ever worry that she might bail out on you? I worried that I might become bailable, that I might not deal with it well. And, 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 I, and for a while, I didn't, I didn't deal with it really well, really successfully. I didn't have a, a good approach to it. I mean, I, I just kind of ignored it, and then I over-medicated and wrongly medicated and, and, and started drinking a little bit more than I had been, and... And and um and and I that all lasted about a year year and a half and and I, and I started taking it seriously, but all that Tracy had to, had to deal with and and so I wasn't worried about her bailing on me. It was worried about me like this is my this is my thing. I have to I have to I have to I have to make this work within the marriage and within the family. I have to I have to find a way to 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 not use it as something that separates me from my family, but something that connects me with my family. What about you, Tracy? Did you ever have in the back of your mind, oh my God, I can't do this? Will I Not make in it? terms of in the big picture, definitely moments where it's just like, I can't handle this, I can't. But I never thought, I can't handle this today, so I'm out for good. I mean, that's just not how I live my life. It's not how I was raised. It's not, you know, you love somebody, you deal with whatever it is they're dealing with and their issues become your issues. And so, you know, definitely there are struggles, but then there are also benefits and positive things that, you know, so you just sort of have to take it all. You take the good with the bad. And um, and so I never, ever thought in the long run, I can't deal with On this. On the days that you didn't think you could handle it, mm -hmm. what did you do for yourself to get through that? You know, family for me is super important. Um, having just for everything like that in my life, having my, I'm a very, very independent person and I need my time alone and I need to exercise and I need to spend time with my friends. And, and um, so I feel like as long as I'm able to carve out time for myself, especially when things feel overwhelming and then I'm able to sort of regenerate a little bit and come back into a situation feeling stronger and more whole. My husband, one of my husbands, he has five children, and one of his sons was doing dangerous things after one year of our marriage. 
And of course, I did what you did. I just dug right in and mm -hmm. did everything. And years later, Phil said to me, boy, he said, you know, I thought you'd bail on me on that. I said, you did? No. No, I accepted it. Mm -hmm. You know, but there is that feeling that the other one might have. Right. I was scared. Yeah. I was scared to death because oh, yeah, I never knew anything like that. that. And I would have awful dreams. Did you ever have terrible dreams? Or is that too personal? Yeah. It's I, it, not that I can specifically yeah. remember, but I do feel like in terms of when you're dealing with something as a couple, either you're dealing with the death of a parent or you're dealing with an illness, or you're dealing with an issue with your kids, and those things that seem so insurmountable and difficult, once you've kind of gone through them together and gotten to the other end of it, it just makes you stronger. It makes your marriage stronger, the relationship, and you realize, okay, we handled that, we can handle the next thing. And, you know, it just sort of gives you uh, fortitude mm -hmm. together as like a united front. And a path, mm -hmm. a path a path through right. it. Yeah. Are there things you do physically to help Michael? Uh, I, it, it's tough. I'm, I'm going through transition now because I can't, I can't walk as well as I did. So I used to, I used to go with my dog and, and walk the park, go over to the Museum of Natural History and go to the dog park there and walk back through the park and all that stuff. I can't do that. Anymore, I, I may be able to one day in the future. I hope, but, but I can't right now. So in the same way, we used to go do stuff. So so uh, now we're we're finding ways to to like we're on a safari, and I could be in the jeep a lot of the time, and that it's, it's an allowance. It's change. Are you going on a safari? We did. We did. Oh, you did. Yeah, we oh. did over last. And and Christmas. and how did you do? Was it great? And the whole family. And, and, and Tracy, and Tracy, Tracy, Tracy I, didn't want, I didn't want to go at one point. I, I just I, I don't know what this does for me because I can't do this stuff. And she said, sit in the Jeep and look at the elephants and have a good time. And He said, if one of those animals start coming for us, I'm the one that they're going to eat. Yeah, I was, I, I, they know. I'm the one who can't run. I didn't write that. I'm, I'm one by the watering hole. It's sick, lame, and old. So, I mean... Tracy's always encouraged me to, to get involved and to, and to not project, not to, not to project where I, where I might be, you know. So I tend to take things on uh, because I figure I'll just meet the day. Right. And, and, and Tracy gives me that, that encouragement to just meet the day, just, just what, what, when, when we get there, we'll, we'll deal with it. I think that's great. Did you enjoy it? Loved it. Yeah. It was amazing. Fantastic. What would you pass on that you've learned as a couple I would say, I guess, three things. I'd say, number one, give each other the benefit of the doubt. Know that this is the person you love and this person loves you. So just assume the best from them. Don't assume the worst. Because um, it's easy to get sort of sucked into that. And I would say, make sure you carve out time to spend together even when you have your kids and, you know, to do, to have your date nights and to have just that time together is so important. And at the same time, carve out time to have by yourself. And um, because the time that you have by yourself informs the time that you have together, I think. What would you say? I think, too, that you're not, you're not trying to create a new situation for you, like a new, like a new thing for you. Like, this it, is a thing... For both of you, and, and, and it's going to be a new thing. It's going to be a different thing. It's going to be, you're not going to, your socks may not end up in the same place where you used to put them, but it's becoming a new thing. It's becoming a new phenomenon, and I, I enjoyed that. Like, I loved that. I loved it. It was a new world.
Are you comfortable and have you always been comfortable with bringing up hard topics? You know, for me, it took me a while because I'm so independent and because I liked my image of being all powerful. It was very hard for me to start really bringing up things that hurt me and that were hard for me. Um, and it took a while. I had to, I had to trust Phil enough to be that vulnerable. Right. Every time I have a thing that, that like, cause I, cause I, again, I go along and get along. And I have a good time. I have just, I'm, I'm happy for the ride. And people say, <laughs> you know, you have all these issues. And I said, there's worse issues. There's, I mean, there's, there's, there's people who have pancreatic cancer. They, have, they lost their kids or, or like, I mean, there's this stuff that's horrible in this world. And, and I'm doing okay. Uh, but every once in a while, I hit a wall and I hit a place where I just, where it's just, I just need someone to get underneath me and get me up over that wall. And and, and she's always that person. Mm-hmm. She's always that person. It's 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 every time. I mean, do you uh, tell her though? Yeah. In other words, you confide it, or she just noticed. No, no, I'll tell, tell her. I'll say, I'll say, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I haven't got it today. I'm just, I, I feel, I feel, I, I don't, I don't say I get beyond this. And, and and she'll say, you will. I mean, just just this is today. It's how you feel this moment. But but you you'll feel different tomorrow, and then it'll be a different set of facts, and new things will show up, and and and, and it'll change, and and, and and it does. And but 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 I never I never uh, I never hesitate to do that. We don't look for trouble. We don't we don't really, we don't like pick scabs. We, we don't we don't like go at. I, mean, I think some marriages. People look at their partner and say it's, it's a vulnerability, and they just can't help but go after that vulnerability. And it's like sport or something. We, we don't do that. I think I'm similar to you in that it took a while for me to feel comfortable talking about sort of bigger issues. But what's what's interesting about it is that I, it's easier. It's easy for me to hear that to to you know if Michael's coming to me with things that are difficult for him to share, and that's what kind of gives me the confidence and the assurance that it's okay to share as well as it is to mm-hmm. receive. Mm-hmm. So, if you had to say what's made made your marriage last, I would say just keep your sense of humor. It's everything. Yeah. Just it's keep each other laughing and laugh at each other's jokes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the key. Yeah. yeah. So, so like, like, um, uh, I was working on a book out called "Always Looking Up." It was about optimism, and um, and I, one day I was really bothered. I missed deadline after deadline after deadline, and I was just really bogged down. And, and Tracy said, "What's the matter?" And I said, "I'm never going to finish this fucking book on optimism." And, and and she said, you, you know, you just said. I said, you're yeah. kidding me, right? <laughs> Five, yeah, because he said, I'm never going to finish my book about optimism. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> not with that attitude you want. <laughs> After 30 years, this is, uh, hopefully, this is your, your best friend in the world. And, and, and just, like, the first person I think of when I think of anything, my first husband, what's Tracy think? What would Tracy say? What would, or how does Tracy fit into this? Uh, it's, it's, it's nice. That's Michael J. Fox and Tracy Pollan. I'm sorry I wasn't there. After I left and began to walk home, it took me by surprise that I started to cry. What I had been witness to was the grace of two people whose lives are braided together with love, commitment, and steel. It filled my heart. This is marriage. This is marriage. 
and after our many double dates, only some of which we've shared this season, our biggest lesson turned out to be this. There is no one secret to a lasting marriage. No, there are a million secrets, so keep listening for them. And we'll be listening too. I'm Phil Donahue. And I'm Marlo Thomas. Stay tuned for news about the second season of Double Date. Until then, you may hear previews of other Pushkin shows in this feed. Enjoy. And meanwhile, treat yourself to your own double date with other couples in your life. You'll be surprised how much you can learn. We sure did. Double Date is a production of Pushkin Industries. The show was created by us and produced by Sarah Lilly. Michael Bahari is associate producer. Musical adaptations of It Had to Be You by Stellwagen Symphonette. Marlo and I are executive producers, along with Mia Lobel and Lital Molad from Pushkin. Special thanks to Jacob Weisberg, Malcolm Gladwell, Heather Fain, John Schnars, Carly Migliori, Eric Sandler, Emily Rostek, Jason Gambrell, Paul Williams, and Bruce Kluger. If you like our show, please remember to share, rate, and review. Thanks for listening. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored amongst some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. It all started with two federal agents who heard a rumor. She mentions, well, there is this alleged murder to have taken place. There was just one problem. They had no clue who the victim was. We have to do our job, and we have to find out who did they kill. It had been 15 years since this alleged murder. Was it still possible to unearth the truth? I used to watch um, the Unsolved Mystery shows, and I often thought about calling because I was like, this is, this is not right. How can a person get killed and no one knows anything? I'm Jake Halpern, and this is Deep Cover The Nameless Man. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to hear the entire season right now, ad-free, subscribe to Pushkin Plus on our Apple Podcast show page or on pushkin.fm slash plus. Plus.